into a bar on a cool winter's evening underneath the stars and we'll find somewhere close we hello and welcome to the cool room uh, i'm one of your hosts david griffiths and tonight we're going to have a very special session with steve matthews from golden hills uh we're very much looking forward to being able to talk through an amazing pack of beers and we're focusing on four in particular tonight. So if you're joining us in the Zoom room or you're joining us via the podcast after the night, uh, the four beers you'll need to have in your hand are the Pale, the New World Pilsner, the Blood Plum and Fajoa Sour and the Imperial Stout. So particularly if you're uh, on the podcast and you don't have those yet, uh, feel free to get in contact with the brewery or you can get in contact with the uh, podcast online store or the Royal Mail on Spencer and we can make sure that you have those beers to maximise your listening and enjoyment experience. Um, got a really good turnout of people in the Zoom room already and a lot of people have already bought the packs. Uh, so sort of welcome new people. Welcome everyone who's a long-time Cool Room attendee and has uh, found themselves with a new and exciting brewery this week. And a special welcome to all of the locals out from Diamond Creek and related areas who are joining us uh, because they're loyal Golden Hills uh, listeners, drinkers and participants. So got a really good mix of people in tonight and um, no doubt a really good mix of people listening on the podcast. Um, a few little housekeeping things as we go along. Um, just sort of said which four beers we'll be drinking tonight. We don't expect you to try and knock over all of those beers in the time that we will have uh, to talk about them. So feel free if you're uh, doing it live with us to make yourself a little tasting paddle and drink responsibly. Or if you're doing it via the podcast, feel free to pause after each of the beers, finish off the beer you're on before we move on to the next one. We'll make it pretty obvious when we're moving from one to another. Uh, we certainly encourage you to drink responsibly. Um, Make sure if you don't already follow Golden Hills Brewery and I think Golden Hills Beer on uh, Instagram and other uh, social media that you do that to keep up to date with all of their news and Cool Room Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. That way you can always be sure that you know what we've got coming up as well as what tasty packs we've got uh, being available. Uh, that's never been more relevant uh, than the podcast we're going to do next week with Deeds Brewery for their eighth birthday and kind of celebrating my second year at the Royal Mail on Spencer uh, because we were allocated 48 packs of beer for that and I think we've already sold 44 of those. In fact, I think it might be 46 even as we speak. So if you're not following us on social media, and if you're not on the uh, mailing list, you might sadly miss out as popularity grows and grows and grows. We don't want you to miss out. So uh, make sure you're part of, of all of those things. Uh, after Deeds, we've got another couple of fun breweries coming up. Uh, but we're certainly happy to hear both from breweries themselves or from fans of breweries about uh, people that you'd like us to get on and uh, that we can interview along with a tasty pack as we all go through the coronavirus lockdown experience. Um, Warren Wu, unusually for him, is going to be late to the room tonight, but I do have one of my loyal uh, co-hosts here in Travis Bristos, as he is now known due to his inability to spell when he orders beer from the online store. And Travis, I'm going to ask you to introduce Steve Matthews from Golden Hills and get us underway on the pale ale. 
Hello, David. That uh, spelling mistake was purely based on the fact that I'm sleep deprived and I was slightly drunk at the time. Um, those two sort of go in hand in hand, I think. So, evening all. Uh, welcome, Steve. How are you this evening? I'm very well, Mr. Bristos. Uh, <laughs> I feel like this yeah, is no, going to be a running Thanks for having me. Night, isn't it? Yeah. I hope so. Beautiful. Um, Welcome to you. This is uh, going to be a, a quite a good chat. Um, Golden Hills Brewery. Let's start off with you sort of giving us a bit of an intro on your role within the brewery and, and how long you've been at the brewery for. For a lot of the listeners out there on the podcast and probably for some in the Zoom room tonight, they probably aren't that familiar with the brewery. No, no, no. Um, so let's, let's take us off from the start and then we'll get into the beer. Um, uh, well, Golden Hills has been in inception by my bosses, Tyson and Ash, for, for a number of years. Um, we were due to try and get open uh, around December last year, but building and all sorts of delays happened. Um, and uh, then we decided we were going to open about the 23rd of March, which um, wasn't a very good date to choose, <laughs> it turned out. Um, I think it was, it was actually about two days after that we were due to open. We were due to have about 50 staff arrive on the Monday. And, um, and then we got told that they shouldn't come. Um, but I've been there since, uh, I've actually been working for them since November, um, when we sort of started installing the brewery and things like that. And, um, and since then, we had a little brief glimpse of being open in some, in some very bizarre form uh, for whatever that was, three or four weeks and um through june and um and now we've uh, gone from being a brew pub with a idea of a greater uh, sort of local local base to um trying to get some cans out there and um and uh, getting into the wholesale a little bit as well and getting a bit of a wider reach which whilst wasn't the initial plan has actually um has been great because we're aware now that we can um get the golden hills brand out there a little bit further than we ever sort of planned to do within the first year or two yeah, which is, you know, for everyone in the Zoom room tonight, obviously they've they've got the beers on hand or the most of them probably have the beers on hand. Yeah, so right. getting them out into Melbourne's been, you know, quite quite amazing over the last couple of weeks. We've even, we've yeah. had some people on sort of social media actually on the core room Facebook page sort of asking us who the brewery are, where, you know, where they're from and that sort of thing. So that that awareness on, yeah, on social right. media has been quite amazing, itself, which is great. A, yeah. It is a, it is it's it's a brew pub in its proper form, but um, you know, whilst I like to think the brewery is the uh, the quintessential part of it, it's actually a um sort of a full offering. When we're open, it's a two hundred and sixty seater venue. There's a bakery on site, it's cafe, it's restaurant. We've got an amazing chef, very incredible baker. The sourdough's amazing, and it's um it's sort of the full. It was the idea of a full sort of community space where we make everything in house that's possible. And obviously, I think the brewery is the most important part of that. But um, yeah, I'm, and you know, once we get out of this crazy lockdown period, we'll one make day. sure everyone in yeah. the Zoom room and listeners out there get down to to check it out. Um, we're starting off tonight with the pale ale. Uh, yes. Which, you know, the the four beers we're going to try tonight. Um, you know, they flow really well. Um, your your pale ale is a is a quintessential American pale ale. It's yep. You know, there's I, I would say there's nothing, it's straightforward, nothing overly fancy about it. Do you want to give us a bit of a breakdown on, on how the pale ale came about? 
Is this the first beer that you brewed or did something uh, you Was it? We, um, it was certainly the first one on the list, that's for sure. Um, you know, we, we talk about craft beer and, you know, it's great diversity, but about 80% of all craft beer in Australia is an American-style pale ale. Um, and this beer, yeah, I've, um, I love drinking pretty much all types of beer, but I'll drink a lot more pale ale than anything else. Um, it's, uh, it is a classic American pale ale. I, um, I, uh, sort of learned my trade in Beechworth at Bridge Road for seven years, brewing, um, Beechworth Bale, which obviously has gone on to big national success these days. Um, and obviously wasn't allowed to just repeat the recipe, even though it's so ingrained in my mind. Um, and this one is quite a little bit more American, also West Coasty hops. So it is... Uh, it's Simcoe Amarillo Centennial in both the Whirlpool and the Dry Hop with a little bit of Vic Secret in the Dry Hop as well. So, but not in any extreme amounts. It's designed to be uh, pretty well balanced. It's designed to be the type of beer that you can talk quite a bit about if you want, if that's your scene, or it's the type of beer you could really not talk about too much at all and just drink. And is this, is the Pale Ale sort of your, your, the flagship beer for Golden Hills or is it? Uh, it is yeah yeah yeah. absolutely um even though it often seems when you sort of when you're talking with punters at the bar you kind of don't think you're um you're selling quite as much pale ale because you have conversations about your ipas and your neepers and your imperial states and that sort of customer tends to be with you for a few minutes but pale ale makes up about 50 percent of the um of the sales almost fraction below i believe but um but because because they're you know they're the people who's walking six pack pail case of pail and off they go yeah yeah that's what they want that's what they know but it's got a good um uh it does have a sort of citrusy pine sort of the the lemony note to it finishes i think um i do love Vic secret as a hop i think it's you know it's a dangerous hop it can go a bit wrong sometimes if you use it so tell us what the Vic Secret bit of the flavour that we're tasting at the moment is. I think Vic Secret, when I say Vic Secret, it's an Australian grown hop. Um, uh, and um, I think it actually uh, complements American hops a little bit more. It does have a lot more sort of pine. It's even got almost going close to, you're not supposed to say it, that sort of like greeny, oniony kind of things. Those are sort of usually negative words to say about hops. But um in balance i think it's quite it's quite delicious um and i'll always try and um try and add australian hops wherever possible because again particularly from time of bridge road with hop farms just up the road we um uh we sort of champion them a lot and you know we really should be doing that shouldn't we i was just about to say that given you've come from bridge road with with that up the road from there it's uh I'd, i'd say your hop knowledge would be quite extensive yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I think on the next one, we'll talk about that, which is all Australian hops as well. Um, yeah, it is. And it is, you know, we should be trying to do that a little bit more in these times as much as any to try and um, uh, support the locals and all that. Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, How did you make the move from Bridge Road, you know, down to here? A lot of people who listen in are fascinated by how to get jobs in the industry or how to, you know, get, especially uh, jobs like I, um, I I went from Bridge Road. I was there for about seven years and wonderful time living in Beechworth. And um, uh, I went down and actually worked for a couple of years at Hargraves Hill as well. Um, and then um, and then decided to move into a bit of a smaller space where um, which is sort of what I wanted um, to move to I guess the brew pub 
a little bit more sort of connected to the um, to the hospitality side side of things as well. A little bit more freedom of expression and things like that as well. Yeah, we've got 12, 12 taps there when we do get open. And um, there'll be four or five sort of beers that, that kind of hang, hang around and the rest will just rotate. Some will appear and then reappear and things like that. And just a lot more. Um, and I, I wanted to learn a lot more about, I guess, sort of the business side of things of running a small brew group pub and be involved in every aspect as opposed to just production. So it was more your choice than being kidnapped in the back of a boot of a car or something and just waking up one day. I and... can't talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, we can, we, you can say anything in the podcast. We can always <laughs> edit it out later on. So. No, 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 absolutely. No, it was, um, it's pretty, it's, Golden Hills is pretty, um, it was, I actually looked at that venue myself about two years ago when a, a, um, a couple of friends of mine and I were looking at um, maybe doing our own thing and we looked at the same space and um obviously we decided doing that would be a awful idea and um and um and then when this job came came up you sort of look a little bit skeptically at um a lot of new ventures and things about people who you know who haven't got a a, a brewing background and things and then, then i met um i met tyson and i'm um, scott as general manager and um clearly then you they were doing they've got a lot of hospitality experience not so much um in um in, in brewing that's why i get to do whatever i want and um and yeah it's gonna be lots of fun well, i'm guessing uh, that you've relocated um, to diamond creek or thereabouts yeah yeah yep. Yeah. i'm sitting in warrandyke right now which is where we moved to from Melbourne. yeah yeah so, so, you, so climate minutes. climate around there as in comparison to beechworth is probably pretty similar for the <laughs> listeners that are sort of interstate and international give us a bit of an insight to to the brewery space and and the location because yeah, it is a a very unique part of the world. It's uh, Diamond Creek is a unique part of the world. Is it? I like that. Nice That's and good. Nice and cold yeah. in the winter. Cold. It's nothing on Beechworth, mate. Actually, um, yeah. yeah. Um, no, so Diamond Diamond Creek. Yeah, it's the northeast of Victoria, uh, northeast of Melbourne, Melbourne, not Victoria. I've said that a, long, a lot of times before. Um, uh, it's just at pretty much the end of the metro train train line, heading on the Hurst Bridge line. Uh, yeah, you obviously think it's way out in, in the countryside, but um, it was sort of selected by my bosses as a location. I know he'd been looking for somewhere for almost almost 10 years to um, to start a brew brew pub. Um, so he wanted a strong kind of suburb that was kind of crying out for uh, some kind of regional identity, sort of its own place to kind of go. But also Diamond Creek is it's a very busy place on the weekends during normal times. Um, of cars traveling out from that sort of northern, northeast corridor, all heading out to the Yarra Valley where there's umpteen beautiful wine wineries, a number of beautiful breweries as well. And we're sort of just on the edge of that, essentially. And so we want to sort of join that and offer a, a, a destination for people to go as well and get that full brewery, bakery, restaurant experience. Yeah. That's, uh, yes, I'm sitting here thinking in my head going, I just wish I could actually get in the car and drive to a brewery tomorrow. And then I remembered it was Friday tomorrow and I'd have to work and, you know, and yeah, it's, you know, for those not working, it's every day sort of blends into one at the moment. I think. But yeah. In the, um, yeah, in the, uh, in the future, we are about um, a solid, solid 30 meters from the railway station in Diamond Creek as well. So driving does not have to be, does not have to be an option, which is, which is I say the, the folks in the chat in the zoom room. Yeah. Are very I was much just watching that. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> 
all we could even have that. a little room <laughs> podcast excursion on the train one day. What could what could go wrong? Yeah, yeah. PSOs love a field day. <laughs> I feel I do feel a cool room pub crawl coming along where we probably finish at Golden Hills and then attempt to make our way back on the last train of the night, whatever <laughs> whatever time that would be. Is Diamond Creek still metro? Or do we have to get V-Line? Yeah, yeah, there? no, it's the, um, no, it's the um, uh, Hurstbridge line. Oh, Alpha there you line. go. Good. Yeah, so it's one after Hurst, one after Eltham, a couple before Hurstbridge, yeah. So we won't be... Look at you, you really think it's way out bad. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just <laughs> countryside. Yeah. I do have this I do have this memory of once getting a V-Line train out to another brewery out the other side of town, which we won't name because David's not a big fan of them, and forgetting that it was Ooh. V-Line, not Metro. And uh, missed the last train back and, yeah, got stuck in this particular place overnight. It was great. And we'll You're not naming names either, we're right? just We're just all going to guess, aren't we? Yeah. Look, that's one of those stories that gets told after the podcast uh, recording gets turned off. I can only imagine. Sing around yep, in the yep, Zoom yep. room together. Yes, that's it. Um, so the pack we've got tonight... That the, the Zoom room listeners have purchased, and some of the podcast listeners yeah, have, they purchased the, the full it pack. Is, yeah, it's, it's quite extensive. It's um, it's got a, a far amount more beers in it than what we're actually going to try tonight. Um, yeah. one of which is the Tropical XPA. Um, yeah, how does yeah, yeah. how does this pale ale compare to to that? Um, well, I um, I really don't like having a list of beers that are um. You often go somewhere and they've got their their pale ale and then they've got their IPA, which is pretty much a stronger version of the pale ale. And then maybe they've got a session IPA or they call it a golden ale and that's just a slightly weaker version of their of their pale ale. Or they've got an XBA, which I'm not really a big fan of the term. I still don't know what it means and I should. Um, but um, the Tropical XBA, I got right, it was originally going to be called a Mango XBA. It does have additions of pineapple and mango in it um so that kind of really defines it. it's supposed to be it's you know a real summery drink it's much lighter less bitterness than um than this pale ale and then on the other side of that you've got the ipa uh the straight ipa which is um which is proper west coast um which is all american hops and um has some bitterness which i still really really enjoy yes nice nice and we've also got the, I think the Nipahs in that pack as well, which is on the other side. The Nipah is in the pack, well. yes. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. And Easy and delicious. Yeah. Uh, give me your thoughts on uh, on Nipahs while we're, now that we've brought it up. It's, uh, you know, we're obviously not trying it tonight. But it's No, we're not trying that. But yeah, all the guys have got it. I'm, I'm really proud of that Nipah, actually. I've, um, it's probably the only really good one I've ever made. Um, <laughs> but um, I think maybe I, um, uh, I was... There's, there's this horrible, it's one of those sort of memes. It's a really hard pill to swallow for brewers. It's actually a lot harder to make a good Nipa than it is to make a good West Coast. Um, um, mm. Because Hayes Craze went mad, you know, has, it's still going mad, obviously. Um, yes, yesterday I brewed a citrus single hop hazy, and tomorrow I'm brewing a cashmere single hop hazy. Um, and um, that's, that's what the people want. And it's much like the sour craze a few years ago of um, the first ones coming out. A lot of them were just woeful. They're just sort of chewy and they're just, they've, they've missed the point. Like there's nothing, nothing like the New England IPAs from the States. But as happens, we've sort of figured it out and the haze is a, is a byproduct of a really good thing. Because 
I'm I'm never going to sit down and drink five neepers in a row, but um, I'll try. We've all been there. But, um, we've, all, yeah. we've all attempted it. But hops and they're being hops are being bred these days for um, essentially for neepers almost in a way. And it, it, the original neepers were using Australian hops through and through. It was the sort of those those galaxy and um, and Ella those huge mango and passion fruit flavors that people were discovering in in America and um but yeah it's um it's not going away the old haze craze well before i get to my next question on that um someone just put a question up in the zoom room in your in your experience what makes a neeper harder to brew than west coast i think um i think making a good one isn't necessarily harder i think making it repeatable is um is is quite tricky in a way, brewing a decent NEPA is a little bit like a cacophony of errors of sort of the way you're brewing things because you've got a lot of variables of things. You've got you've got pitching rates that are very different. You've got you're using usually using oats or whatever people are using flaked wheat and things like that in their mash. Um, you're dry hopping. Uh, whatever 24 hours 48 hours and it's very difficult in, in, in a smaller brewery scale to nail exactly what part of fer fermentation that's going to be in whether it's in you know whether it's really kicked really hard in that first 24 to 48 it's going to be a different beer um i do think it's difficult it, it's yeah it's as easy to make a good one but to make it again and again and again and look the same and taste the same well for me it's more challenging anyway how many fermenters have you got out there? You're talking about making a couple of beers in a day and so forth. Like what sort of... Oh, no, we, we, we've only got five. It really is set up as a brew pub. I've got five um, thousand litres fermenters, which have um, five uh, 500 litre serving tanks on top of them. If you've seen the setup at um, the Burnley brew, brew Pub, it's much the same. Yeah, nice. Yeah. So one, one last question before you move on uh, in relation to Nipahs. Do you see the bubble bursting at some point? I, I think I've been that person saying the Nipah bubble is going to burst, the craft beer bubble is going to burst, we're going to hit saturation point soon. I've been saying that for a little while and it doesn't. So um, it doesn't at all. I think the IPA, IPAs are just every year, they're going to be the biggest style of the year. They're just going to have a slightly different form. Yes. Do you, do you, what's the next craze after we go from Neepers? You know, we've gone showers, <sighs> then we've gone Neepers. What, what comes next? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, you, I'm, I'm not going to say the, the hard word, um, but it might be. It <laughs> hey, might be. You've listened to some of the previous episodes, haven't you? You know that Yeah, no. A bit obsessed like, with it might happen. Stuff. But again, like, I'll, I'll, I'll take the piss out of them. But I, don't, I don't know how to make one, so I make a good one anyway. So I should probably not speak about them too much. And someone just brought up like oat cream there, and it's like, it's, it's yeah, but that's 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 a nipa in a different in a different shade. Yeah. I was in the US a couple of years ago, and every brewery we went to, every craft beer place had a cream ale on tap. And then I came back, and we hit the nipa market here, and I was just like, well, yeah. it's just it's just a different nipa. It's like, yeah, you know, absolutely, it's it is. a different name cream for it. It's a funny thing. I don't think things like um. I don't think milkshakes. I don't think um, overly lactose beers can can go that that hard. Those sort of. I know there's a big thing of, of people just wanting to try something new and try something once, but I think also people, or people, people trying to all outdo each other, maybe. 
Yeah, people want to do each other, but what actually, you know, you, you can only really sell beer if you're getting the same customer to buy the same beer. Yeah. Over and over again. Yes. Um, we might take the opportunity, I think, to move on to the Pilsner. So if you're not up to that on the podcast, feel free to have a little pause. Or if you're in the Zoom room, charge up your glasses with that. And probably a good opportunity for me to let people know that I think we've now sold out of all of the packs for next week with Deeds. So that just reinforces Jeez, the need. That just took half an hour to do that, David. Yep. Tell, well, tell, I'll tell you what, do you feel, I don't know how long you fellas have been in craft beer, if Deeds is eight years old... I am old now. Oh, that yes, is, that's one of them. Yeah, yeah you and me both. And good, like, I love, love the beers. Like, yeah, um, yeah I was trying to Viper last night, but all oh, right, eight years, are you sure? It's, um, well, that's actually, we often ask when in our sort of longer form sessions, as opposed to the Meet the Brewers ones, you know, what what's the first sort of craft beer that you remember having? So, what are we um, that one in about notice? Uh, first craft beer. Um, oh, it's tricky because I'm I'm English, um, and so sort of cask beer is is was a part of my growing up. My mm. first beer job was running the cellar in a, in a really great um, craft beer bar, um, and then I moved to New Zealand, and um, that's where I got my first brewing job at, at Max, which is sort of um, which is a wonderful place, sort of the um, uh, James Squire equivalent almost of, um, of New Zealand. Um, but I think I think uh, I don't know. I remember I remember I remember a couple of beers over there that really resonated with me. One was Tuatara Ardennes, which I loved. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's sort of quite early in my um, life of just being really able to um, uh, sort of recognise those sort of classic, those sort of coriandery and orange peel flavours and things things like that. And um, actually, similar. Another one was the Renaissance Blonde, which is actually a fairly similar style. You don't see much yeah. of the Renaissance over here anymore, which is a real... No, you don't see yeah. much. No, no, very, um, yeah, very distinct um, bottles over there as well. Mm. Um, and look, just before while people finish coming back from getting their glasses, for anyone who's in the Zoom room and also on the podcast, one of the things that really helps us a lot uh, is if you can share on social media what you're doing. So uh, I normally say that at the start of the uh, of the session, but... Um, it really helps to get the word out there amongst all of your friends. You're obviously people with taste, and we presume that all of your friends have good taste. So if you can share on Facebook or Insta or whatever it is that you might be using for social media, that you're in the call room and doing this, it helps us to grow. As you can sort of see, we're a pretty uh, skin of the pants. I don't know, is that the right phrase? We're, we don't have a lot of money for advertising and things like that. Don't Feet of your pants. Travis. Everyone talks <laughs> yeah. about pants skin. Yeah, pantskin. Um, <laughs> any any help like that is gratefully appreciated. So if you can share that while we're getting on to talking about the Pilsner, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> Which, um, no, I'm, I've, I've got my run sheet here. Where's, where's Warren Wu? Warren, Warren Wu is yet to enter the building. So mm. I'm going to, I'm going to so do my David's Warren Wu. take over and do the Pilsner. Excellent. And, uh, excellent. And Warren can do the sour when he, when he gets in. So. Warren will make himself known, no doubt, once he enters the room. Excellent stuff. Um, so, sort of saying, and you obviously listened back to a couple of the recent podcasts. I think yeah, yeah. three out of the last four episodes we've had, the the brewers have chosen the pilsner as one of the beers in the pack to talk about, and um, that's just sort of really interesting. That you know, after two years, there seems to be a real resurgence of interest from brewers in particular about pilsners. Um, what is it that excites you about the style? 
about a pilsner in general um i actually i i love a good german pilsner like there's very little better in this world um this for me i'm going to go back to nz uh, uh, a new world pilsner for me i think i think nz was um uh killing the sort of the idea of, of, of craft lagers a long time before we were over here but it was mainly because their hops really lead to it they've got a lot sort of those more grapey more sort of her herbally beautiful hops that really suit a lager style really well um pilsner um it's it, there is there's there's two strands to it there's the there's the race for kind of uh big hoppy beers or weird beers and things as well and there is a little bit of a um a race not it's not a race to the bottom but there's a lot you you have to have that sessionable beer that's going to sell you have to have that and and lager is massive lager is still 80 percent of what's produced in this country like i know most of that's from cb and, and whoever else but um lager is still what we were all bought up mm. drink drinking um, Pilsner, uh, obviously, like a German style Pilsner, particularly uh, very clean, very light bodied, uh, with a with a sharper bitterness than most most lagers. Um, and you're allowed a little bit of sulfur and things like that, but you shouldn't get too much from mine. And then this New World Pilsner, um, uh, just dry hopped, uh, reasonably heavily, not huge, with um, Galaxy Enigma and Big Secret again, um, which are all you know again as I say I love to use. Australian hops where possible, and um, I think I think they've really twisted these hops. I think they're um, I don't think they're what they were a few years ago, or maybe were not what we were a few years ago in terms of our palate. I don't think they're the big tropical fruit bombs that they used to be. I think they're leaning more towards NZ hops, and they got these spicy herb notes, and they're just awesome in a lager. And do you think that's intentional, or is that just sort of because of the places that they're being grown? We were talking with. Tallboy and Moose last week, and yeah, about that notion about people getting walk out into the hop fields and say, I want that row and not that, yeah, row. yeah. If you're if if you know, when you know, the wonderful guys at Stone, Stone and Wood and stuff pick, picking a heap of galaxy for their um, for their Pacific, they um, they mark which blocks of land it is that they want because you know, the one on the whatever it yeah. is, the the southwest side of the of, of the paddock of these humongous paddocks. You know, tastes better than the ones on on the northeast. So, and they pick pick those. And um, I don't know. I think, I think, and I'm really not that qualified to say, other than just my palate. Um, I think Aussie hops change year by year pretty dramatically. Like I think, you know, and crop by crop is, and you can imagine they do. It's not mm. wild. We we all drink wine too. We know how a different vintage works and things like that. Um, and, and processing in hops is also a pretty significant event and they do change their processes. But um, I also think may, maybe we're quite used to um, uh, quite used to these big tropical and fruity hops these days as well. And, and America's kind of come back with a lot of amazing new hops with, you know, with more coconutty and melon flavours and things like that. And but does the, that change um, for you how you... Do you have like an absolutely sort of idealized new world pilsner in your mind that you try to make each year and have to adjust the hops to get there? Or is it really just a matter of finding what's available in the market and then doing the best thing with what's in the market? 
Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm very, I think one of the reasons sort of going back to what I was talking to Travis with of, of going to somewhere like Golden Hills, I think I can kind of say it allows me, um, it allows me, you know, some freedom of expression, but it also allows me just to, when I was, um, when I started and, um, you know, before any beers were brewed, you know, I came up with, you know, whatever it was, seven, eight recipes for the first seven, eight beers. And then as it eventuated, it was a month before we brewed any beers. Then I looked back at them and went, ooh, well, I was in a certain mood then, clearly. I <laughs> 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 you know, just all had mosaic in them or something like that. You know? just something, I was just in that fad. And that's sort of what, what something like Golden Hills has allowed me to do, whereby it's just sort of, you know, just speaking about it now, I'm, I'm, I'm buying some New Zealand hops tomorrow because I want to make a beer with that and, <laughs> and things. But um. And you knew pills, uh, a lager is a great thing because it's so accessible to so many people. And um, this one probably doesn't quite have the bitterness of a, of a, of a true pilsner drinking it now. But um, I was expecting more um, uh, perceived bitterness from, from the dry hops because Aussie hops are just brutes of hops. They're just full of oil and acids. They're, 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 they're dangerous things to use. Um, but um, I, I, I just it's just such a different beast to what using these hops was a few years ago where it was all fruit and mangoes and pineapples and punches in your face like that. Now there's a lot more subtlety and roundedness to it. And I'm, I'm really glad I use it in, in a pilsner. And um, in terms of, we're going to ask, you've already told us that the pale is the biggest selling at the, at the brew house in that yep. limited, in that limited time you've had to gather sort of data on that. Um, how do people, received the pilsner out there is that you know another uh, newer pilsner is all of eight days old now and it's the first time it's ever been released so um i mean it's ticking through but <laughs> um, we haven't really had too much time um we saw a huge uptake when we did ipas first we saw a huge uptake when we um did the big beers um the imperial stack that will taste later and, and the neeper of course everyone gets behind and then we see you kind of got a bit of a solid um other beers for those people who got them in the packs. Um, uh, things like the American Am Amber has a real sort of solid crowd that love it. The Tropical XBA that's got a real solid crowd that loves it as well. Um, the Draft as well, which is a which is a German style Kolsch um, with um, with some Enigma hops in it as well. Um, uh, that's that, that that's got a real real following. And and how much feedback do you get from punters even early on? Obviously, when the brew pub's going it'll make it easier for that you know how much do you sort of finesse on what people say to you and how much you know do you go well this is what i reckon the right thing i don't listen to anyone mate no. <laughs> <laughs> no 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 i think um i think the biggest thing actually is what we've seen um and may, maybe it's just because of these times and, and having to convert pretty much to cans almost exclusively um is variety is what people want more than um more than just particular styles. Yeah, we're seeing good, we're seeing the pale so well, we're seeing the draft so well. People get behind all the various other things they've got their following, but actually people want the new beer. And it's not it's not the, you know, not the milkshake with truffle IPA. It's, you know, it's just just a new solid interesting beer. They want we sell more mixed six packs than we do a lot of sort of, you know, just straight four packs of blonde or of or yep. of sour or something like that. I'd just like to quickly jump in and ask a question about... Oh, hello, Warren. Wood. Warren's here. Hello. Welcome, I'm, Warren. Normally, I sit there and wait, but I, w I was just interested in going back to the pale itself. I'm um, oh, sorry, the, the um, Pilsner itself. 
Mm-hmm. Is would I be right in saying there's a little bit of a similarity between the pale and the pills? No, is there a few things uh, uh, in terms of no, obviously not the production style, but but maybe the hop billet. Uh... Uh, the hop uh, they both include Vic Secret in the dry hop, um, which true the Vic Secret makes up about 25 percent 20, of the pale and around a similar amount of the. Um, uh, and and but the odds are, you know, there's, there there will be a similarity through all the beers. They're made on the same brew, brew house, so there's it's quite different ingredients and quite different malts and different yeasts, obviously. Um, but I always think that generally, through any given any given brewery, particularly a small one, that there's always a theme that runs through. It's the same water, after all, and things like that. I think we might be moving towards the end of Pilsner questions, unless there's anyone in the room who has anything particularly Pilsnery that they want to type in for us, which is one of the great things about being in the Zoom room. You get to ask questions as we as we go along, um, but also starting to prime your glasses and get ready for the... Uh, the blood we want to, oh, into Blood Plum, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, that'll be the next one. So, but I'm um, just pacing ourselves a little bit. So, Oh, Corey asks a good question, as he often does, which is, were there any particular and specific pilsners that inspired you, you know, that when you think about particularly those European ones before you get into the New World ones? Oh, pils. I mean, the thing about Europe is, you know, those giant com- companies make goddamn good beer. Truma pils is brilliant, as is Urkel. Like, they're just delicious beers. Um New Worldwise, uh, Croucher NZ, I remember trying theirs quite a while ago. I haven't had that for a long time. That was superb. That was that real kind of new, hoppy, sort of herbally pills. And um, over here, my friends at Burnley make an amazing one as well. Their new world pills is, is just spot on. He's a German, well, he's a Warrandite boy as well, but he's a yeah. German trained brewer. And, um, and um, kills the pills in style and then adds this new new world element to it. It's beautiful. So before we we move on to the sour, um, how important have the locals been since you opened up? You know, uh, it's... <clears throat> yeah, oh, crucial, obviously. <laughs> obviously, you know, I need to get paid. Um, <laughs> uh, um, Don't we all? No, when we, um, as I said, we were about to open the week, um, we pretty much were about to open. And then if we all remember, those of us in hospitality and the like in late March, um, we were talking about opening to 100 people. And we were panicked, shitless about that. We thought that was going to be the worst thing that could ever happen to us, um, only being able to open to 100. And then within a few days, we you know, got told we wouldn't be able to open at all. And we had to figure out how we could get beer into can because we had, you know, whatever, a few hundred kegs sat there, 5,000 litres sat in fermenter, um, ready to go to be sold. and um, and the response from the locals immediately on, on day one was awesome. We were doing um, uh, cannibals to start out with before we had, um, uh, you know, prop, properly canned beer. And um, it was it was sort of immediately, it took about two days to vindicate the choice of the location that the boss had chosen. And they're still coming back. And since then, it sort of, we started up just having the beer element and slowly we sort of managed to open up the bakery and then the restaurant as well and um and hopefully people are seeing that um uh, what it is we're about and that there's you know it's good quality 
Yeah, we've got a few locals in the Zoom room tonight, obviously. Um, in the chat tonight, there's talk. You know, once all this gets done with, with the COVID thing, that, uh, you know, we will most likely, as mentioned earlier, organise a cool room road trip out to the brewery. And road trip! Food, and we'll need someone to drive a bus, obviously, because there's 30 no, so It's all about the train, mate. Like, so we've already mentioned the train. Well, we can get your train as well, but if you've got a bus driver... James, who's in the call room with us tonight, he'll he'll attest to how good it is to go on a road trip to breweries. And, and he's bus. and he's muted currently, is he? Yes, he is. And he yes. has, yeah. he'll stay That's that way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and he's just agreed to drive. That's yeah, mm. yeah. which is probably okay. better than the last. I think he's nodding. He's nodding. Yeah. yeah. We'll we'll let him drive because the last bus trip he was on for a brewery tour, he passed out and fell asleep. So his turn. That's a whole other story. It's. <laughs> Um, we uh, we no doubt going to move on to the sour. Sour um, time. And I believe Mr. Warren Wu is going to... Yeah, I'll kick it off. Kick us off on this one. Sounds like fun. I might just give people a second or two just to get their oh. pellets and glasses ready. How very responsible. 100%. Oh, Shana may... Shana's dad's got a truck licence, so we can all just get in the back of a, you know... B-double. Once COVID ends, there's, you know, there's no laws anymore, I'm sure. Yeah. Does he like good Scott Shainer or just mediocre Scotch? Because oh, yeah, that could be yeah, that could be an expensive yeah. bus driver. <laughs> Given what I paid for a bottle of Scotch the other day, it's probably Probably more than I'd want to spend on a bus trip. Oh, yeah, 120 is all right. That's <laughs> yeah, definitely less than what I spent on a bottle of scotchy. Oh, <laughs> 50 Although people. With... A, for, for 100, at, I can't remember, one of the big chains, there was a 15 year old single malt, rather big distilleries, but. Yeah, hundred bucks for a fifteen-year-old. Um. All right, I'm going to kick off. Excellent. Because everyone else, yeah, um, everyone can catch up. <laughs> We're just bar- bartering with drivers now. It seems. Uh, yeah, that's it exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can, just, uh, yeah. So, so in terms of sours, we've seen blood plum sours and we've seen frijoa sours. Uh, but a blood, blood pump and frijoa sour. Why not? Yeah, yeah it's delicious. Um, no, uh, two kind of like favorite ingredients. I don't, I don't know. Have I tried a blood plum sour? I can't remember. I feel I have, but I can't remember it. And, um, frijoa plum sours, you've got ones plums like indeed, yeah, plum mm. McCartney, and yes, 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 indeed. And, um, uh, plum, so sort of to separate them. Uh, plum just sort of naturally lends itself to a to a, a kettle sour because of its, you know, once you remove the um, the sugars, obviously that happens in fermentation. It's got that sort of lovely, lovely tartness, a stone fruit tartness, and um, and it also um, without having to go to ridiculous extremes, is going to add a um, a very healthy sort of pink to your bit, which is which is very important mm. when you particularly when you can pour it on tap. Um, Fijoa um, uh, is an awesome fruit. Um, I was quite 
when we packaged it last week, I was very uh, surprised to learn that the vast majority of people who worked at my pub uh, don't know what a fajoa was, uh, <laughs> which I thought everyone did. But I guess I lived in New Zealand for a while, and they do grow like wildfire mm. in um in Victoria if you want. And fajoas, um, they kind of offer this weird sort of spectrum of fruit. There's all sorts of strawberry and guava notes, but I I, I really get this um. I really get um, it's more sort of like a, a confectionery kind of like a sherbetty sherb type yeah. note from, from things and a, a lemony zest as well. But I'm um, a real kind of like not sort of like warhead smackering tart, but um, this real kind of like spritzy. Really love the Fijara fruit. Um, is is the oh no, yeah now that you've said that. Sherbety. Now that you've said sherbet, that prickly kind of acidity mm. over the top of that normal, more, normal, more, more kind of creamy acidities there, like a little bit of yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's not too. It's um, uh, it's it's a pretty um, simply made beer, a kettle soured with um, the fermentous um, sap sour, which is they bill as being pretty fruity, but it's actually pretty neutral um, and doesn't um. There's not quite as much of that yo yogurty type mm. um, type souring that, that a lot do, which which I often very much enjoy as well, but um not for this one so much. Um, creates a nice neutral base. There's, there's a good chunk of fruit in this, you know. There's about 100 kilos of fruit to the thousand liters, so I guess you know there's 10 percent fruit in your glass of fermented fruit. Wow. Um, but by today's standards, that's actually an incredibly small amount, amazingly. Um, but I think the two um. The two bounce really well. It looks really pretty in a glass. And um, it's one of those beers I was tasting every single day out of tank because I wanted to know what it was doing and, and how it was tasting. And it evolved very swiftly. And it was one of those ones that just took until the final day of canning when it was fully carved and um, ready to go. And just the carb carbonation just sort of just helps lift that spritzy sher sherbet type note to it, I think. Was was there was there times when you were tasting this beer that you'd just gone, oh my god, what the hell have I done? Like, was there? Did it look? It was it talk like for a while? before I, because I added fruit at the start that I should hold back on the Fijoa, um, which I opted not to, um, and you know, I was waiting to have a I told you so from one of my bosses, but um, now nah, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> came through all right yeah yeah because obviously as it's fermenting it doesn't take too long at all it only takes a couple of days or three or so days to really ferment the sour through because it's a lower abv beer but once it's still got the sweetness of the malt as well you're kind of tasting it and you're not too sure what's going on here um it, so going back going back and we had a brief chat about styles when we were talking about the the new world pills um how much of your style is dictated by by keeping that broad pub range going, that brew pub idea going? Um, uh, so, so, so broad range, yeah, absolutely. It is kind of that, and I uh, sort of mentioned it before that we need a a range. You know, people really want something different and things like that. Um, but um, when when I started at, at Golden Hills. Um, we sort of came up with two words and that's accessible quality of just sort of um nothing to be sort of 
were originally too outlandish and too weird. The type of beer that we'll talk about on a podcast like like this, and we'll talk about the individual hops that go into go into a new world pills or a pale ale. We'll talk about exact fruit additions into, but it's also just to be sat down and enjoyed. Um, and I think I, I think that covers the vast majority of, of the beers that are in the twelve pack that people have um, that people have taken home. There's a wide range, but they're not too challenging really you know i mean it's very difficult for brewers to do that actually because you know i drink double ipas and imperial stouts at breakfast so it's fine um, <laughs> um you know so i think i think it needs to get about to 80 ibus before i can taste bitterness at this point in my life um does does that in terms of in terms of what your you're drinking then and i think you kind of answered a little bit of that do you does does that pub idea then does that brew pub idea so talking to tall boy moose last week um a lot of what they said was that that their range is more dictated by keeping that broad keeping that uh, the brew pub uh crowd happy yeah well i mean yeah. and uh, well they know a lot more than i do um because we didn't really um, get to open. Essentially, yeah. we sort of, you know, we we were, you know, we opened in a in a way that wasn't, you know. So had, as we all know, the COVID restrictions, they came in, and so it was all the sit down dining, and and pe- people came. It was amazing, and they enjoyed their food and they enjoyed their drink. But it wasn't the, you know, it, it wasn't the pub as far as I was concerned. Um, but I think. Um, I think actually something like this beer that we're drinking right now, this this is brewed for it. I had a beer um, whilst we were open, a peach apricot sour, which we didn't actually sell much of, well, didn't sell as much of when it was canned as just a canned product. But as soon as it was on a menu in the restaurant, it flew. It really flew. People just sort of identified fruit and went, yeah, bang. Sours on a list are essential now. It's... It, Partly, I've always said to kind of win over the cider drinker a little bit, the um, mm. the acidity and things like that. And um, I've done three sours now, and, and I'm only thirty one or two brews in at, um, at, at Golden Hills. Um, the ginger lime goes. That's in your um, that's in the packs mm. as well, um, which is a which is a real real favourite of mine. And um, and this one as well, which I'm, I'm really enjoying this evening. Um. Have you got? Have you got? Um, I'm, this is a almost a ridiculous question considering how many beers are already out there. Have you, have you got a style that you're hanging out to make? Have you got a? Have you got a? A new a style. Um, uh, eventually, eventually, I'll convince my bosses that the world just needs to drink Belgian triples and nothing else because that's why I firmly <laughs> believe, firmly, wholeheartedly believe. I love love hoppy beers but if desert island just one beer just give me a good tri- triple and that's fine that's all which i need for the rest would, of my life which one should listeners go and find until you're allowed to do it if you're really trying to convince someone a good triple listening oh now, there's not carmelite obviously you can find around here um and you can find more saisons in this country i was always very surprised from learning beer here and then going to belgium but you find a lot more triples than you do 
saisons um, and saisons I love as well. Go just mm. just go drink saison du pont all day long. It's brilliant. Just go do that. <laughs> it's designed to be drunk all day long, and I mean that yeah. really seriously. It's a it, yeah. you can actually do that. It's sensational. Happily. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, that's yeah. There we go. Max and Chris. Um, we do. They they famously. I, I have a lot of friends who are beer reps and um, tell me not to put Belgian style anything on a on a label label these days. Don't um, you know, yes. no, no saisons, no tri- triples, no Belgian brands, no quads and things like that. What would you call them instead? Oh, just I don't know. It's just, cause I don't listen to anyone. Just you know, just just drink what I say, please. <laughs> People have advice from yeah. everyone. Okay. Yeah, so it's, it's the brewer does. I'm just the you know the grumpy one in with the stainless steel. <laughs> I was I was thinking about the whole Belgian the the death of the name Belgian beers in the market at yeah. the moment, and maybe it's because well Australia was inundated with Belgian beer cafes, and they were they were terrific. They were heaps of fun. But mm. right through the '90s and into the mid 2000s, it's all Belgian beer cafes. And maybe it's just simply a hangover of that that we're we've just. It, I think it's a, you know, is you know to go back to those sort of drinking culture ideas. Uh, I'm sure at least a number of people in this room will have will have been to Belgium and other parts of Europe where hmm. where you just drink in a different way and you just yeah. you know you sit back and have a wonderful night with a friend or two and you just you know have three or four beers you don't have eight or ten. And um, they're just insanely good. They're <laughs> just, just these rich, full-flavoured from people who've been making them for hundreds and hundreds of years. And they're pretty good at it. Yeah. <laughs> and same recipe handed down and down. Yeah, yeah. And down and, yep. I'm going to throw the traditional cool room question at you. You go um, for it, Laura. Yeah, I, I reckon so. It's, it's this, in my list of questions. So I'm going to yeah, ask this, it. I've, this, I've never asked it. No, I was going to say this. This coming from the man whose personal answer to this question when you were first on the show was about finding a shark in your parents' school room yeah. as a child. So, well, I can't top that now, can I? Well, no, uh, you, don't, you yeah. don't need to. You don't necessarily need to. Um, you, yeah, the the story is awesome. That's I think that was yeah, uh, the story is awesome. But it's not about <laughs> me. It's about a good one. It's about you, Steve. Um, <laughs> Gonna agree more. What's the most confronting strange thing you've found in in a cool we'll start with the cool room but yeah please feel free to venture around and, and no, a cool room a cool room is is generally and obviously i have heard that question before i mean it, usually a space for um front of house and kitchen stuff to to just kind of vent some rage and, and, and have a quiet moment and occasionally use some empty kegs to uh, get out some aggression. Um, but no, one time, and I do have a good, I was, yeah, I was delighted when I heard this question. Um, one time, uh, morning after, brewer, early in the morning, you know, going into the core room for what to get some hops. So on a Monday, I assume, gumbo, brewer's gumbo, like steel toe, bunny, like just singular <laughs> full of beer <laughs> <What>? <laughs> now i do hate to answer a question which is only going to result in more questions to which mm-hmm. i have none of the answers for because got, got because no one no one claimed to know that everyone had their gum boots at work yeah 
None, none of them were missing one. <clears throat> was there you a number? It, it does ask more questions. It does. Yeah, it does. It does. It does. It, 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 it's simply, it has been. It has been years, and I still know nothing about it. So this is a ghost gumboot. Gumboot. Yeah, it's full of beer, like to the brim. Yeah. Brewers Gumboot's a great name for a band, first and foremost. <laughs> Can I say that? Uh, <laughs> I guess the que- the question I want to ask is: Did you uh, did you try the beer? What beer was inside the gumboot? Mm. No, I didn't. No, no, that that would be that would, that would be bizarre. Yeah, do a shoey. Yeah. 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 Do, do, do a do a bloody booty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so still to this day, no one knows what uh, where the gumbo originated. I I would say I would say a Blundstone gumbo, as many brewers wear, would carry a good like four liters of beer. Mm. Yeah, like a lot. And about four pounds of yeast as well. I mean, that's the thing. It'd be, talk about saisons. You could have, oh, I could have pitched that. Right. Yeah, well, yeah, pitched yeah. it. P- pitched it in a brewing sense, or pitched yeah. it in a an idea sense. That's right. Yeah, that's. I don't think it might be pun of the night. Was I might was a brewing now, sense. So. I think that, and it kind of dictates a theme, like that that ant that answer to the the cool room question, because the ones where where there's no one has any bloody idea where it came from, what's it doing, why is it there? They've, they've <laughs> it always just kind of got passed over as well, that no mm. one really knew. And it wasn't sort of because, you know, sort of brewing in the morning, getting stuff, you know, just whatever, what's that there? And you kind of ask the bar staff coming in on a Monday, and then eventually it just gets, you know, disposed of. And you ask around and oh, look, no one knows mean- anything. What do you mean? Eventually, how how long did it sit in in the, oh, in the cool room? I don't room? know. I think it I think it only lasted the day. I would okay. Say. Yeah. yeah. I would. That's yeah. okay. Small cool cool room. I'm talking over this time. Yeah. Um, you would have to. I had to step over over it in order to get to well, the hops or the back of the fridge. There's all the kegs over there. Um, so it wasn't uh, just sitting in the corner somewhere. It was smack bang. No, 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 no. It was it, it was for display. It was quite the tableau. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are we allowed to know which brewery you're working at when this no. happened? Yeah. <laughs> Fair call. Is it one, one of the ones you've already mentioned? <laughs> uh, possibly. Yeah. Excellent. One, one day we're going to ask a brewer this question and they're going to say, well, once... You know, I lost my boot. <laughs> I <laughs> left the boot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone filled it with beer, and it just—I yes. <laughs> was just about to do a shoey with my boot. <laughs> <laughs> it just disappeared. I have no idea. Uh, well, I must say that's probably the most. But we, but we left it there to keep it cool, just because we were going to do it late later. Yeah. Who we've knows? had we've had explosion stories and we've oh, so had so there's no like, explosion in that. So that's a pretty right. healthy story, but, really. But we've now got this weird no explosion. Oh, I've got I've got I've got stuff that cool room that would make us all an accessory after the fact as well. Oh please but, don't. Yeah, we've no, <laughs> like just lots yeah. Lots of explosions? Not explosions, no, just 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 drugs and fornication. Oh uh, well so, yeah, that's <laughs> well, I mean in, in the cool room, room yeah, surely yeah, not. Yeah. That doesn't surprise anyone. Mm. <laughs> I think Sierra Nevada might still hold the record for the for the biggest amount of dollar value of beer lost in a single mistake, which yes. they fessed up to a couple of months ago. So oh, bigger the tanks, bigger the, the yeah, and, and just yeah. you know pulling the wrong lever at the wrong time and sending cleaning uh, fluids you know down into the into a full fermenter. Trap the 
Trap for young players, apparently. A big, yeah, no, I know that happened. Or, um, creatures and um, in Geelong when it opens, but um, Sierra oh, Nevada will be bigger, bigger, in, bigger, yeah. In wine, there's there's this thing. Sometimes you forget to open the the valve at the top of the tank when you open the when you're emptying the tank, and a whole tank like and this is you know 30,000 30, liters will basically collapse in on itself like a beer can mm. from the yeah. from the liquid sucking yeah liquid. suction yeah. yeah it can happen oh you can see it loads yeah on um in in brewing when you um oh, it's classic 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 brewing memes um <laughs> of just uh, of people um uh, yeah yeah costaking tanks before they've um there's been some good tank implosions <laughs> Oh, is it time to is it time to finally face up to this imperial stout? I'm I'm sitting here looking at this imperial stout, going, oh, but I'd say we probably should. Mm, I think it's should. about that. Is it time? I think it's about that time. Um, We're not here to fuck spiders. Not here to put shoes on millipedes, as I like to say, <laughs> because I prefer not to swear. But anyway, it's just. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, no, it's up to you, Warren. You're right. Don't worry, mate. I'm um, here to fill gumboots with beer. <laughs> Someone is. Someone yeah. out there is. For those playing along at home, uh, I, and part of the fun of this podcast is you get to see what it's like to run a brewery. Yes, Jack, you can have a toilet break, mate. That's, I'm just sort of doing a little bit of time killing while, while you do that, while other people charge their glasses and get themselves ready. Um, one of the fun things about this podcast was to sort of pull back the curtain and show what it's like to run a pub or a hospitality business, or for that matter, a brewery and so forth. It's exactly why we have the cool room question. And um, you're seeing in real time uh, what it's like to try and source beer when things get popular. So uh, I was saying before that uh, we've sold out our uh, allocation of Deeds beer next week. It appears that we're going to be able to do a second allocation. And so for those of you who are in the Zoom room, uh, feel free to email coolroompodcast, one word, at gmail, or if you're listening to the podcast, do that. Um, we're going to get a second allocation. It may not be an identical pack to uh, the first pack, uh, which was $95 for 16 Deeds beers. But what it will be is a pack that contains all of the new releases for the birthday. And um, they'll be the ones that we'll be talking through next week. So uh, if you have friends who are keen to do it, if you are keen to do it yourself and for some reason haven't bought it, if you're listening on the podcast and you haven't uh, got your pack yet, we're just going to take the uh, take the list of emails that we receive in that order and um, we'll make sure that we fill as many as we possibly can. So... Um, we will do some public shout outs to the people and businesses that are going to help us to do that. There are some other places giving up their allocations potentially so that we can do that. So um, email coolroompodcast at gmail.com. Tell your friends to do that uh, if they want to get one of those packs. Um, who wants to take the lead on the stout? Back to you, Trev. Oh, yeah, sure. I can take the lead on the stout for sure oh we are finishing on a massive beer right now it's a little bit different to the previous one isn't it just a tad different it is the... but you kind of i was very difficult to um order the beers that we had this year, as mm. in to put in one to four but you can often use a a sour as a as a palate cleanser yeah mm. 
they are a bridge. The hoppy is a bridge, indeed. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a it's a, a good progression on where we were. Mm. Um, we've had a few people uh, say that they're either not ready for the stout or they are ready for the stout in the in the Zoom chat, which is great. Um, for those that aren't ready for the stout, sorry to disappoint, but we're moving on to the stout. So. <laughs> Could I say, while we get ready for that, in terms of palate cleansers, I had the uh, ginger and lime goza as my sort of did. first of the night. And that was just lovely. I love a gingery, uh, proper ginger flavour in a drink. And it certainly delivered that. It was it Yeah, was, no, I'm, I'm really, that's probably it. the beers I'm drinking. Well, I drink all the beers a lot. And the pale, obviously, you know, I drink a lot of the pale. But um, the ginger lime certainly comes out to maybe the blonde as well which is the belgian wit mm. real, um, maybe real nice just before we move, we move on to the stout can you give us a how did the the ginger and lime goes that come about like ginger lime goes I, I've, got, I've got a good story about that it's good so um i was working at uh at Hargis hill with uh, uh my uh fellow brewer my offside at the time callum is now at colonia doing a great job um and basically, we were kind of fantasizing about um, starting our own group up or, you know, starting our own little brand. And we'd sort of been talking about this for a few days, weeks, sort of, sort of on these offhanded conversations. And um, at the time, I was also uh, interviewing with Golden Hills and talking to those guys and, um, and got offered the job. And Carl walked in and went, oh, great idea. When I start a group up, I'm going to do a ginger and lime goes. So I'll have that. And um and just stole it off him, um, <laughs> which uh, which which he was quite happy for me to do, I think. You put the um, recipe in the boot of the car and drive yeah, off into the distance. Yeah, that's yeah, right. So. And it has um it's the second second batch I've done. First one came out a, l- a lot more gingery, which I enjoyed. It had a real ginger burn, but this one, the lime, it's it's a little more balanced and things, and the sourness isn't anywhere near as much as um the uh. Blood Plum and Finjoa that we just, just had. It's a real, it's a real favourite of mine. It's a real cleanse. It's actually a real special beer to me. There's, um, I'm going to jump on the stout because I know you're leading a trap, but um, oh well. I mean. <laughs> um, there's a real savouriness to this. I think there's, it's, it's like bone drive. I've noticed um, the beers have, the ones I've tried have, generally been bone dry but there's that but there's also a meaty kind of savoriness on the nose as well as those smoky kind characters is it what is that so what are we supposed to be seeing is that something that you're you're trying to aim for yeah well i've I've had this out in the fridge for um uh since we started the podcast an hour or so ago um and i actually whilst we're supposed to get it to about this temperature what i prefer to do is to get it straight from the fridge and pour it into um and pour it into the glass and then just sip away for a long time because when it's sort of that you know closer to icy cold mm. you get a lot of those darker flavors a lot sort of more licorice and molasses and things and you're absolutely right as it warms up you get a lot more sort of rounded flavors there was actually a splash of um uh, orange peel in the boil here because i would happily ah. put orange peel in everything if i could and um there's a a tickle, a sprinkle of vanilla, but it doesn't really come come through. Um, but there is a say it should be, yeah, it, it finished drier than I expected, if I recall. Um, it's been a couple of months since since it came out, but um, overall, it's a 
I'm, I'm really happy. It's a really well-rounded, big stack, but um, it's not too much. Most sort of beers, I mean, I think pretty much everyone you get on here, we talk about that, don't we? IPAs aren't supposed to be bitter anymore. Stouts aren't supposed to be roasty anymore. You know, everything's sort of supposed to be a bit more straight through the line. But um, this is a, a big beer, but I think it's still accessible, as I say. And um, it's supposed to be big, rich, not too much alcohol burn. And um, good kind of fruit notes to it from, from some English yeast. And um, the dried fruit. Um, it's, it's, it is pretty smooth for, for an imperial stout. Um, we've had a, there's a couple of questions coming through in the zoom room. Um, someone asked, can we get it in a smaller can, but it, <laughs> yeah. I don't think I want it in a smaller can. I think. It's a funny one, that stuff though, isn't it? Cause, cause yeah, I understand. Cause I'm going to struggle to get through that, but I will. Um, Rears, you know, to get boring about branding and breweries and stuff, you, you kind of have to put those beers in a in a big can because they turn into a single can purchase as opposed to a um, uh, you know a four pack six pack. Plenty of people do come in. As soon as we release, we release this beer and the uh, Nipa together in the um, the artist series as we call it. And um, uh, I was amazed the people. It was before quite the heavier restrictions were in, so people could travel a little bit to come and get it and people just come in and loving it and picking up four four packs of both um so how how is it sold in comparison to the rest of the range i mean obviously you've got your core range the, the labels look amazing and then you've got your artist range mm. um we love a good conversation about labels and mm. and art and branding and yeah branding, right, all. all that sort of stuff the the label on this is just amazing it's Oh, it doesn't even, it doesn't do it any justice. Um, this one, um, yeah, this is um, a, um, an artist in um, Diamond Creek, Silly Sally. This is, this is like a two-story mural. Oh, you oh, said wow. the name of the yeah. artist again, sorry? What was the... Uh, Silly Sally. It's on the side of the can, and that's his um, Instagram handle and stuff. Yeah. That's, I, yeah, that, that on the side yeah, of the building a, would be epic. It's like two, two stories high at least. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely massive. It's incredible. It's on the back of um behind the Bendigo Bank in Diamond Creek. There's like four or five of them in a row. Wow, they're quite spectacular. Yeah, the um other um the Nipa as well will be the um, other one in the can, and that's a um uh, it's actually one of the chefs from our um, from our place, um, Lewis, and uh, that's um that's paint on paint on cam on canvas. Which is quite stunning. Like it's, again, I don't, don't think the can quite does the artwork justice, as you know, obviously. Yeah. When we do can't. our when we do our bus slash uh, BW slash train yeah. Yeah, yeah. trip out, we'll be able to witness all of these things as well. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, it's good. And we want to sort of again, sort of particularly with this one, it's kind of uh, trying to get the local community a little bit behind it and supporting something um something lo local. Um, and obviously a very pretty image too. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. hundred percent. I think we're going to open up to the, to the room. If anyone's got any They're questions, in thick. Yeah. feel free to, to throw them into the, the zoom chat and we'll, uh, we'll open up your microphone to, to ask the questions. Um, 
Steve, uh, is there anything else that you want to throw out there? You know, how do people find you on the social medias for a start? Just so oh, we can sort of question. I don't know. nail that home. You guys have been um, amazing. Uh, uh, Golden Hills Beer is is the beer. Golden Hills Brewery for more of the um, more of the the venue side of things, both the bakery, the restaurant, and and the beer. There's a bakery. Uh, there's a bakery. Yeah, oh, hey, see, Warren, see, get Warren, in Warren, early. I'm, I'm sorry, I, I, I did Google it, it like, but I didn't like, realize there's a bakery. Uh, yep. Yeah, mate, we've got uh, some good um, uh, Christian. Uh, who's an amazing um, sourdough uh, honey thief? Used to be his place in oh, Blackburn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and one the, one best sourdough. Uh, have you guys figured out last. a way to to cross the to somehow use the yeast? The the sourdough used. No, it's in the plans. Stole my next hey. question. <laughs> in the plans, you know, sourdough yeast and beer. We all think it's going to work. It's yeah, actually it really, works for Oliver really Warren. Hard. Can I say it? And Lasserini works, works for who? Oliver Warren, who's in the room at the moment, who's managed oh, to culture his uh, La Serene uh, pack that we had a couple of months ago and um, now makes the world's best uh, crumpets. I think, oh, inversely. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, the yeah, other absolutely. way works really well. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I, I, know oh. a, I know a guy who, who, who bred up the yeast from... Now, there was a... Mr. West was selling beer in a bag. It was a... It was a I can't remember what the beer was, but they took the stuff at the bottom of the bag and uh, it was a bag of beer and they bred it up and they made a beer out of it and they made a bread out. They baked a bread out of it, a sourdough loaf. And it looked amazing. I didn't get to taste it, but it looked amazing. So, <laughs> it looked you, good, go, you can go the other way too. You can go that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that way is okay. You can kind of funk up a sourdough, but to get... So this baker's got an amazing, you know, a sourdough cult culture that's been going forever and ever and ever. Mm. But to use that to sour your beer becomes a much more com complex affair. Yeah. But one that you're interested in? Oh, yeah. Oh, we'll play. There'll yeah, be time. Awesome. When, when, when we're not in COVID and just, you know, horrifically yeah. desperate to <laughs> just keep going at all points. So in relation to COVID and... The, the way we're sort of all living at the moment. Where do you guys at uh, Golden Hill see the next step? Like, are you hoping, obviously, that we come out of this new lockdown and then you can reopen? Do things stay the same as they were for your initial plan or your initial idea on how things happen? Or has things sort of changed in in how you... Uh, things have, things have definitely changed, yeah, because we've had that option to... Um, I suppose like, we, we really weren't planning on putting anything in cans for at least a number of months and things and like that to get to the whole set. Are you doing the canning? So now well, we've seen, uh, no, getting contract guys in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, but also the guys at, um, at Pat Can done an awesome job for us. And um, uh, they come to us and squeeze into the most ridiculously small space. There is literally not, not room to move in the slightest. And um, and empty our tanks like like that. These tiny little tanks compared to what they're they're used to. Um, but for us, we've seen this real sort of different edge of this variety of beers. We thought we were going to go into a brew pub, and it was gold. It was um, Diamond Creek, so we'd have to do uh, you know just we'd have to have our draft and our pale and our lager, and we'd smash through through those. And we've just been amazed to see since we've since we've opened up in, in some form, you know, just the strength behind the IPAs, the sours, the Nipahs, the Imperials, 
and things like that. And then also we have a wider audience now. And whilst we've got that audience, you won't know, have to keep it now, of course. You know, we've got to got to keep look, looking after people who want the beer. Uh, one of the questions that uh, appeared in our, our Facebook feed on the core room was, you know, where, where are there stockers in Melbourne? Now, we know that there's probably not many stockers in Melbourne. Have you guys pushed out to to sort of local bottle shops and that sort of thing in, in and nah, around? we've started to talk oh. about it a bit and a few people have approached us and um, and obviously we're more than happy to sell some beer to them. But um, as you can tell from my incredible wit and charisma, I'm not much of a sales rep. Um, <laughs> So <laughs> let's just say, let's keep an eye on the, uh, on the cool room online store. And we can certainly uh, make sure that people who are listening can get these beers. will continue to restock. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Get them out there while we're delivering other packs to people. Absolutely. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's obviously a great take, take up from you guys with a big, big range of people. Now, I think uh, we're going to do our first unmuted question in the room. So, Kieran, I'm going to Who unmute you in a second. And um, obviously, if you're in the Zoom room with us on a Thursday night, you get to do this, which is ask questions of the brewers. Uh, Kieran, can you hear us? Are you there? Yes, I am. Hey, Kieran. Uh, Steve, I noticed um, tasting this beer, it, it does remind me a bit of the Hargrove Hill RAS. Is that partially where your inspiration came from or is it from other areas also? Uh yeah, solid. Oh, the the Riz Hard is I reckon. Yeah, it's reckon it's one of those strongest beers. Um, uh, very difficult when you move from brewery to brewery to make sure that you don't recreate the same beer, more just for like self-respect reasons, more than you know. Um, it is it, it is reasonably similar. Um, but things like the addition of orange peel and vanilla and yeah there's quite a few little malt differences and things to it but you're right it's the same yeast it's um it's around that same strength and i mean if it compares to the hard raised riz then then i think i'm doing all right great beer cheers mm. looking for any other questions that people in the room might have and um Similar one is, is your bread available? On We're not going to, the cool room's not going to be involved in selling bread. We don't sort of believe. You're not, you're not getting into that, mate. No. Uh, eating's cheating, but, um, you know. Is the bread available <laughs> When are you in second year again? <laughs> no, I'd matured by then. <laughs> is the um, bread, yeah, sorry, my brother, you go. So, is sorry. the bread available online? I don't think so, no. But I think, you know, if, if my boss hears this, then he'll make it happen and that will make the baker work really hard. <laughs> what What's the baker doing at the moment? The baker? Is, uh, we're still open as, as, as a bakery oh, yeah, on, as retail, on site in Diamond Creek. It's yeah. retail, yeah, yeah. It's going, it's really picking up really nice, nicely as well. Bread is good. There's pretzels. Uh, We've got a pastry chef too. There's, oh, all, the, there's all the fancy stuff. You say there's pretzels. There's pretzels. <laughs> reckon I can get a fine uh, on my way to yeah. Diamond Creek and when the cops pull me over, I go, I'm just going to get pretzels. I can be fine. I mean, I don't, I don't want to, you know, suggest that you should, but it wouldn't be, 
It wouldn't be, be the bad. craziest response someone's had to like getting a fine in apparently in not. No. <laughs> yeah, I think we have Max, who I've just put on the spot to say that I'm going to unmute him uh, within the room for a question. Now, Max, long time room attendee now, so welcome back, Max. Thank you for your support, and uh, hopefully you're showing up as unmuted on your end. And feel free to ask your question, brother. Thanks, mate. Um, hey, Max. The, hey, man. How you going? Thanks so much for tonight. Um, so I was about the design of your cans. I know you said the, the canning was kind of rushed um, with COVID and everything, but the design and the can art's really great. It's really sort of consistent. Was there like an idea behind that? Or um, can you tell us anything about the design? About just sort of both like the regular cans or the... or the, oh, all the, yeah. all the regular cans. Um, the regular yeah. Yeah, um, I was. It was pretty rushed. The um, the boss, is, my boss, has a couple of other venues, a couple of caf cafes, which was his business. So he had previously engaged uh, a graphic design place to do the the Golden Hills brands, like just that simple logo there, the little sun and the trees and the hills, just just through some stripes there. So that branding was was already set. He did have some prototypes of um. Of a of a can make makeup art, um, which was sort of ready to go as well. But no, it was pretty much um, it was done within about a week of just holy shit, we need to get something out, and we had whatever it was, six different styles of beer and tank and keg, and we had to get them out. And obviously, whilst I don't love just to do the different colours, make different beers kind of can art, which is which is very easy and very common. Uh, we chose sort of the two-tone um, hills rolling can art on the top. The colours are all in in two-tone, and um, yeah, it was it was put together pretty quick, but with with the help of a designer as well. Looks great. Awesome. Yeah, cool. Thanks, man. It reminds me a little bit of the Penguin Classics. You know the how it does, doesn't it? The font yeah, yeah, yeah. is that, right that, on. That, yeah, like, which, is, which, which I think that that's a compliment, by the way, because it's just yeah. a really it's simple but still really striking. Yeah, you're the first person to say that, but you're exactly right. The font, I think, is close. Mm. Oh right. yeah, I didn't even. Yeah, I'm going to say that sans serif really. Yeah. Mm. Oh, clear. Well played, Wolsey. <laughs> Dave Wolsey is the one who had the Penguin Classic closest to a. You know? Yeah. Although it's, is that really a penguin classic? I have to ask. Is that, I was going to say that. Is, is high fidelity really a penguin classic? I don't know if it is. We're going to move on. We've got uh, <laughs> James who has another question in the room. Then we've got time for one more question. Particularly love one for the, from the, all the locals out there who are supporting uh, the guys tonight from uh, the Golden Hills. So, you know, if there's someone out in Diamond Creek who's got one last question, um, even if it's just about what the weather's going to be like tomorrow out there, feel free to. Get, chime in with that one but james we're going to unmute you my friend hopefully you appear unmuted at your end i am indeed uh, hey, I, I just i just had a question in regards to you seem to have quite a bit of new zealand beer knowledge and i'm, I'm from new zealand myself uh because you mentioned crouches and outside new zealand crouches is no one seems to know who they are uh do you, is it the market you're looking to hit up or is it just something that you're really passionate about what they what's coming no, out I loved it. I, I, yeah I, I, um, I lived there for just a couple of years and um i do think the beer scene in new zealand is um um probably a 
good few years ahead of, of over here. It's less so the quality, but more so the um, the provenance factor. I think New Zealand's always had that over Australia that they um, they get behind the local so much better. Like they 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 truly do. Like the the brewery that's up the road, or the you know they really look what Wellington does with the fresh hop festival where where yeah. I was looking at things. You know, it's a cancel run cancel run fest festival for mm. for fresh hot beers you know i mean it feels like a while until melbourne's doing that doesn't it yeah i don't disagree like yeah. I, i'm from wellington so i, I know you're talking yeah, about it's, yeah it's i lived in wellington yeah. for a couple of years yeah oh, and um true. yeah and um yeah i think it's good uh the pleasure of working uh with um soren from eight wide a couple of times before when i was at bridge road and things and he's a amazing bro and a very inspirational guy and, um, I'd, I'd say we know some very similar people hmm. and all the wrong people yeah. 100%. now we've got a question for while we're just waiting for the final question out of the room uh, for steve we've got a question for nigel who's uh joining us in the room there and uh who has a, an array of pretty good looking horses behind him there um Nigel, I'm going to unmute you, mate. Um, any tips for the Valley? Are they racing at the Valley this week? And um, what should we be uh, looking for there? Or has Nigel got on? Yes. Uh, but... <laughs> Sorry, you've, you've caught me uh, unawares. Uh, apologies. That's, uh, what we, that's what we do best. <laughs> I was actually just saying to someone else in the house here that somebody just asked me a question about the, uh, the GGs, but... Uh, I haven't had a look at the form guide just yet, but uh, shortly will be. Is that your horse behind you there, brother? That's one of my horses behind me, yes, at Kilmore, actually. That, so, uh, yeah, Bellarine Beauty is her name. Oh, it's a there you go, listeners, keep an eye out for it. Bit of alliteration, got to love that. So. Got to love that. I can just imagine that um, it hasn't got any S's in its name, so the uh, dwarf man <laughs> would approve. No silver sovereigns here, no. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> Super sleuth. <laughs> now we're going to move on to uh, Ben Jenkins. Ben, would you like to ask your question uh, unmuted and we might wrap things up after that. I'm looking for a, a, a thumbs up from Ben and I'm unmuting him anyway. So Ben, um, you're a local. Feel free to ask your question, mate, because it's a great one and a great note to finish on, given how strong a support we've had on the podcast tonight and the breweries clearly had from locals. Um, please fire away with your question. No worries, David. Thanks for that. And uh, thanks, Steve. Been brilliant, mate. Hey, mate. Um, yeah, look, as a local, we've got a few of the boys. We, we, love, we love Golden Heels and unfortunately haven't got to experience it uh, live to its full potential <laughs> yet. Uh, but we do look forward to the day. So I've got a double question, I guess. Um, what's uh, any inside word on what we can expect next in terms of the range and the colour of the can? Next beers. Next yeah, beers next up. Beers. Um, next beers. And, uh, also, just, and also, just um, any chance of a beer garden down the track, mate? We'd, we'd love oh, that. we can only hope, hey. Um, uh, Beers-wise, I can do that bit. Um, uh, just brewed yesterday. It's going to be two hazy IPAs coming out that won't be... Wildly hazy, but um, single hops, a citra and a cashmere, um, which should be really good, about 6.5%, I think. Um, 6.3, 6.5, something in that range. And they'll be canned up in just over two weeks' time. 
Um, uh, beer garden wise, now kind of sort of limited to our space, but if you know the, you know the, the brewery, yeah, you know where we are. So that um, the on the other side of the car park, that's all licensed. Like so, we're gonna when 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 we can open, that'll be um, we'll be able to open that area up. I'm gonna can do it. I don't know once every month, once every two months or something. The chef at work, she's amazing. Um, she um, cooks on open fire usually, so there'll be whole pigs on spit, whole beasts being cooked and things like that. And um, we'll look to do sort of a little little thorn market type type thing there. Um, that's very very exciting. Very exciting. Good stuff. Awesome. Thanks, mate. Steve, I'm just going to quickly jump in with Kieran's question. Is it is the venue dog friendly? Is the inside is the current well, when it's open, is it dog friendly? Um, I don't really know the answer. I don't know what the laws are at the moment. It is. It's fine because you're a takeaway place, so you can walk a dog anywhere. But um, I don't really know. I don't. I yeah. wish I you'll did. You'll just abide by whatever state and local <laughs> government laws. That's right. Well, saying well, like, well, the people of Nilumbik will tell me exactly what. What, what I should say there. I, not that I know anything about local government. No, no, you don't know anything about local government. <laughs> uh, I'll, uh, and, and you'd love to hear what I normally tell people is, yeah, it's better to ask, ask forgiveness than permission. <laughs> like, mm. yes. So just let them in. They're dogs. Oh, yeah. All right. Who would be upset? And you can always... <laughs> I think I've copyrighted the phrase fight for your right to puppy, uh, which is what we do at the Lord of the Royal Mail when we're doing our dog uh, friendly venue thing there. You can use it out there as well if you'd like. Oh, cheers. Cheers. Is um, there some kind of, is, 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 is there merch? Come on, come on, you know. Uh, there's a legal, there's a really quite intense legal dispute with uh, these guys from New York yes. that you're welcome to sort of be a party to. But um, yeah, anyway, imagine. Imagine seeing a brew pub and having a whole a whole pig on a spit, kind of and just roasting off in the corner while you're sitting in. Oh, that yeah. sounds amazing. Now I right. reckon, and the do... sourdough too. Oh, yeah. it's, it's like it's a never-ending run of depression right now. It's like explain <laughs> it in, guys. Like, come on. Now I reckon what we're going to do, my friends, is put a bow on the podcast episode uh part of things which means we'll turn off the recording the best bit about being along with us in the zoom room on thursday nights is that you can sit around and drink and chat amongst uh amongst yourselves sometimes with the brewer sometimes the brewer has a real life they need to go and attend to and no, Steve, I'm not I'll, sure. I'll i'll be back i just have a toilet i need to attend to that's um but either way can i thank you for your generosity with your time tonight ah, and um, absolute pleasure thank you so much yeah, uh, it, it's been fantastic. And again, a big shout out to everyone that you've brought along. Uh, you guys have been out there doing deliveries in your part of the world, which we just couldn't get to because of lockdown laws and related sort of issues. So thank you for doing that. Thank you to everyone who's come along and supported. Um, if you're listening to this as a podcast and for some reason you haven't bought the uh, the tasting pack, we're going to restock and get some more beers. We've had a couple of uh, SMSs and emails as we've been recording from people saying, we're listening and we um, we want the beer and we missed out. So we're going to be able to do that. So get in touch for that. We've had seven or eight emails already about the deeds pack for next week. Uh, shout out to Bevan, if you've made it this far into the podcast, mate, uh, and you failed to order your pack, just because people know who Bevan is. Good on you, mate. Uh, we, we can fix up a couple of people with those sort of packs if they're emailing soon. 
Follow Golden Hills on the social medias. Please follow The Cool Room on social media and rate and review us on whatever podcast uh, um, downloading service you have. And then everyone who's in the Zoom room, please sit around and stay with us or go and have a bathroom break and then come back and sit with us and enjoy another hour or two of just general chitter-chatter. Thanks so much, David. Cheers. Hey there, Cool Room listeners. We've got a little ad for you. No, we're not asking for money so that you can advertise quality mattresses, razors, or any of those other sort of things that seem to get advertised on podcasts. What we're looking for is other fun podcasts that would like to share a 30-second ad with our listeners, letting everyone know why they're so great, and in return, letting us share a 30-second ad for The Cool Room. We know that right now there's a whole lot of people who are looking for fun new podcasts to help them while away their isolation hours, so if you've got something to share, drop us a line via our Facebook or Instagram accounts. Right, add over.